my goodness. Good morning, good afternoon. Whatever it is for you, I hope you're having a fantastic day. My name is Zach Schaumler. This is Strong Opinion Sports, episode 499. 499, one away from episode 500. And I've got kind of a unique special plan for episode 500, a very self-indulgent episode. Um... I don't know, it's been kind of a pain in the butt because I've had to schedule ahead like 10 episodes now to make sure I, I don't, I, I hit it just right so that I can do kind of an evergreen weird episode 500. You might like it, you might not, I don't really know. I'm just going to talk about the weird journey it's been over the last five years doing this podcast. But five years in, we have now reached episode 500. We're one away, that's pretty insane. Also, if you're watching on YouTube... um. I don't think it's a big deal, but I, I shaved uh, like at 3 a.m. today, and I made a mistake. I, I got a different uh, trimmer, like a, an electrical trimmer, and it said, um, you know, the two setting was, and I thought the two setting would be the same as the two setting on my old one. Nope. Uh, it's a much closer shave, so basically I'm down to like stubble, uh, and I think it looks actually kind of good. I might go with this look more often, to be totally honest, but um, if you're like... Now, look, nobody in the world has noticed this, but if you think I look kind of weird today, it's because I basically shaved off most of my beard, and I feel very exposed on my face. It's kind of, I don't know, it's not like I have a real beard anyway, but I just, I'm down to, like, stubble, and it's kind of a weird thought. Um, anyway, let's talk about football. Um, guys, football season started last night. On Thursday night football, the opening game of the year, the Buffalo Bills beat the LA Rams 31-10. to And uh, it was kind of a messy game. The Bills had four turnovers, but they still won by 21 points. Uh, Rams quarterback Matthew Stafford threw three interceptions, and this game was not a blowout, um, at least not always a blowout, because it was actually tied 10-10 to at halftime, 17-10 to later. Like, it was, it was a, a slow burn that in the fourth quarter the Bills kind of ran away with. But really what's shocking here is that the Rams couldn't score in the second half at all. Uh, it was... Again, the word is shocking. It was shocking how much the Rams' offense struggled. Um, you know, the Rams' defense was not the problem at all. They forced four turnovers. Uh, you know, they had they intercepted Josh Allen twice. They forced two fumbles. Yeah, the Rams gave up 31 points, but part of that is that they got no help from their offense. They got no run support like a pitcher in baseball. And in my opinion, you play Josh Allen, you get four turnovers, you give up 31 points, the Rams' defense did enough to win, but you got to score points. You got to help them out. And it makes me wonder, it's very early. We're one game in. Let's not overreact. But it's worth asking the question, hey, are the Rams in trouble? Are the Bills just really good? Or did the Rams legitimately struggle last night? Because it looked not great from the Rams last night. And, you know, Cooper Cup had 13 catches for 128 yards and a touchdown. So Cooper Cup's fantasy numbers are fine. But they really need a number two receiver, truly, in L.A. And I believed that Allen Robinson would be an awesome number two receiver coming over from Chicago. He only had one catch for 12 yards last night. And it was surprising and interesting. So I'm just wondering, one game in, what is the Rams offense going to look like the rest of the year? You know, Buffalo sacked Matthew Stafford seven times last night. And uh, if you're a Bills fan, you're so happy to hear that because... You know, getting pressure was a big emphasis last year for the Buffalo Bills, and they didn't quite achieve it as much as they wanted. They brought in Von Miller. Von Miller had two sacks himself in game one. 
Um, and Buffalo is getting a lot of pressure with a four-man rush. And what they were doing, they were driving back in coverage, forcing Matthew Stafford to be patient. And Matthew Stafford really struggled with that. He, he couldn't take what the defense gave him. He was, he, It was not a great game from Stafford. And I wonder if other capable defenses that can get pressure with a four-man rush are going to try to copy the game plan and the approach that Buffalo had against L.A. Now, look, the good news in Buffalo, though, and I, I got to repeat this, they're getting pressure on the quarterback. If you're a Bills fan... They had 42 sacks last year, right in the middle of the pack. And they've been investing heavily in their defensive line. They want to get pressure on quarterbacks. So, you know, already one game in to have seven sacks is a huge victory for Bills fans. Um, also, you know, the Bills lost their offensive coordinator from last year, Brian Dable. He left to go be the head coach in New York for the Giants. So uh, the question was, are they going to miss Brian Dable at all? No, they're not. Last night, the Buffalo Bills were not missing Brian Dable even a little bit. Uh, their offense is totally fine. Ken Dorsey got internally promoted from quarterback coach and passing game coordinator uh, to you know promoted up to offensive coordinator. And I thought the play calling was outstanding. He looked great. It was good for Josh Allen. Um, you know their offense didn't really skip a beat. Maybe too many turnovers. You got four turnovers. Let's cut that down. But I thought Josh Allen looked. Outstanding. He was 26 for 31 passing, 297 passing yards, three touchdown passes, one touchdown run. You know, Josh Allen also ran for 56 yards. He did have two interceptions. One was not his fault. Uh, the ball was in his receiver's hands. It was a great throw, but Isaiah McKenzie couldn't hold on. The defender like wrestled the ball away from him. And, you know, interception number one was a good throw that should have been a completion that was an interception because of a poor play by a receiver. To me, it's crazy how good Josh Allen is. Mentally, he's dominating the game. Physically, you know he's very imposing. He's massive. He's hard to tackle. He's got a huge arm, can make every throw. But I, I think you have to really credit Josh Allen. When he came into the NFL, he was nowhere near the level quarterback he is today. He's gotten so much better as time has gone on. And that's a testament to his work ethic. He's just put in the work and over the course of his NFL career, become... Good enough that people are even asking the question, is he the best quarterback in the NFL? I don't know. It's one game. Time will tell. Um, but, like, seriously, Josh Allen, one game in, looks really, really dang good. By the way, Rams quarterback Matthew Stafford last year was tied with Jaguars quarterback Trevor Lawrence for the most interceptions in the league with 17. 41 touchdowns. That's great. 17 interceptions was tied for the most in the NFL. Uh, that's one interception a game on average from Matthew Stafford last year. He's already got three one game in. I, if I were you, I would keep your eye on that interception number for Matthew Stafford. It could be an interesting thing to revisit later. Ten games in, where does he rank as an interception leader? Is he the most? Is he the least? Does he cut it down? Is three the norm? Like, that's horrible. That can't happen. Um, and I, I just can't repeat this enough. I'm really surprised how much the Rams offense struggled last night. I'm not used to seeing that from an L.A. Rams team coached by Sean McVay uh, with good players still around the field. So I don't know. Why, why wasn't Allen Robinson a better number two? Why is he not producing very much? Um, why was Matthew Stafford just kind of erratic and not able to take what the defense gave him? I don't really know. Uh, they force-fed Cooper Cup. He was awesome. 15 targets, 13 catches. 128 yards, uh, one touchdown. But 
Other than Cooper Cup, the offense was very suspect, and that's a problem. Uh, and we'll see if that maintains as the year goes on. Finally, this, though. Um, Von Miller made a choice to leave the L.A. Rams and go to Buffalo this offseason. Von Miller left L.A. because he believes he could win a Super Bowl in Buffalo. And I, I believe him. I believe he can win a Super Bowl. Buffalo this offseason was sold to me as a Super Bowl favorite. And everyone talked about how this is the year. Buffalo's got the best team they've had in a long time. They got robbed in the playoffs last year. They got this incredible quarterback. I'll tell you what. Week one, Thursday Night Football, the opening weekend, opening game of the year, um, the Buffalo Bills look like a Super Bowl favorite. They, I, I mean, to, to have four turnovers and still win by 21 points over the defending Super Bowl champion, that's not nothing. Even if the Rams aren't as good as they were last year, that's still a really meaningful win. And uh, I think the Bills are as good as they've been sold all offseason. They've been, again, people tell you they're a Super Bowl favorite. They're really good. Josh Allen's incredible. That was proof in the pudding last night. The Bills looked great. They looked like a Super Bowl favorite. And Josh Allen is absolutely incredible. All right, let's talk about college football week two. There are eight games I believe you should pay attention to this weekend during college football week two. Game number one is this. Number one ranked Alabama at Texas. Alabama should win this game. I would be shocked if they didn't. I'm expecting Alabama to win probably by like 20 points over Texas, something like that. It's not going to be close at the end. But I'm really excited to see the new Texas quarterback, Quinn Ewers, against Alabama. How does he handle that moment? And can he cause Alabama's defense any problems? I saw a couple years ago, Johnny Manziel, a very mobile quarterback who could make a lot of crazy throws on the run, caused problems for Alabama. In fact, even beat them. I don't think they're going to beat Alabama. But can Quinn Ewers cause problems for Alabama? That would be very, very cool. Uh, and how does he play against an SEC-level defense? This is the, in his very young college football career, this is by far the toughest game Quinn Ewers has had. He's got one game against Louisiana Monroe. Then you get thrown right into the fire against Alabama. I'm very excited to watch what happens this weekend. Also, Texas is coached by Steve Sarkeesian, who uh, is a former Nick Saban assistant at Alabama. He knows them well. I'm curious if that gives him an edge at all. Uh, but the last thing you got to know about this game, Alabama and Texas, you got two really exciting, fun quarterbacks. Bryce Young, Heisman Trophy winner last year, potential number one overall pick in the upcoming NFL draft. And then Quinn Ewers, this young, talented, exciting quarterback at Texas. I'm not exactly sure what to expect from Texas. I think they're probably going to lose by 20, 30 points. But man, am I hoping they can challenge Alabama a little bit. And I hope this young quarterback, Quinn Ewers, maybe is a bright spot in what's probably going to be a bad loss against Alabama week two. Game number two, South Carolina is going on the road against number 16, Arkansas. This is our first opportunity to see Spencer Rattler play in a meaningful game for South Carolina. They played Georgia State last week. That really doesn't count as a game to me. It's like, okay, you got a preseason game against a really bad football team. Uh, no, Spencer Rattler transferred in from Oklahoma. He lost his job to Caleb Williams. He had to transfer. Uh, and now Spencer Rattler, who is insanely talented, has to prove himself this fall. He's really talented. He's also come across as very immature during his time in the spotlight. I am so excited to see how 
Spencer Rattler plays against the first SEC team he's going to play this year, uh, you know, Arkansas. It's another game, by the way, with two really talented quarterbacks. Spencer Rattler has crazy arm talent. I think he's talented enough that he could potentially be the best quarterback in college football. Like, his arm is that good. He's got to make good decisions and hopefully be not an immature, <laughs> selfish nightmare. Uh, K.J. Jefferson, on the other hand, at Arkansas, can run, can throw. He's super dynamic. I'm expecting a really interesting, fun matchup between South Carolina and number 16, Arkansas. I think it's another game to pay attention to in week two of college football. Game number three. Number 23-ranked Wake Forest on the road at Vanderbilt. Uh, Technically, I guess this is Wake Forest playing an SEC team, but it's like the worst of the SEC programs. It's like playing Stanford or Cal or something. It's like, I mean, I I get it. They're in the SEC, but like it's a technicality. They're not playing Florida or Georgia or Alabama or anything like that. Uh, But the really big storyline in this football game is the return of Wake Forest starting quarterback Sam Hartman. He missed week one. Uh, Earlier this offseason, it was reported he was out indefinitely with a medical issue. And I'm like, could that be all year? We have no idea how long he might be missing games. Uh, Apparently, we found out it was a blood clotting issue. And uh, those can get very serious. A friend of mine actually lost the lower half of his leg because he had blood clotting problems. So, um, you know, Sam Hartman's back. Sounds like it's resolved. He, by the way, is 500 yards away from being the all-time leading passer at Wake Forest. And it is kind of cool. He's coming back right in time for him to play in a pretty big game on the road against an SEC program. Uh, But a winnable game still for Wake Forest. He has NFL hopes. He's one of the all-time greats at Wake Forest. Um, I, I thought Wake Forest looked good even without him. Their backup quarterback had a great throw for a touchdown. Rolling right on a corner ball on the run. Uh, but... You know, they were good without him with Sam Hartman. Wake Forest is a team that could win the ACC title and potentially, I think they're going to beat Vanderbilt this weekend. So keep your eye on that game. Game number four, number 24 ranked Tennessee at number 17 Pittsburgh. Oh my goodness. This is a really big test for Pittsburgh and their new quarterback, Keaton Slovis. How do they handle an SEC opponent like Tennessee. Bigger and better athletes than West Virginia, who Pittsburgh barely beat uh, by seven points in the backyard brawl. I'm not real confident in Pittsburgh. I I hope they win. I'm rooting for them. I love Keaton Slovis, but um, I I worry that if you struggled against West Virginia and you won by seven points, where are you physically? They dominated up front, uh, had some problems, first game jitters. I think you got to play a cleaner game and be more efficient against Tennessee just because they got better players. They're going to be more physically gifted than West Virginia was. Um, You know, Pittsburgh could lose this game, by the way, and still be okay. It's not, it's an out of conference game. Um, They could still win the ACC title if they lose to Tennessee in week two. But what I'm really interested to see is how does Keaton Slovis, the Pittsburgh quarterback, play against an SEC defense? I I can't wait. It's going to be awesome. Uh, Also, by the way, people keep telling me that Tennessee quarterback Hendon Hooker is really good. And I'm like, okay, I have an open mind. Let's find out. Hendon Hooker, let's see how you do against Pittsburgh. Let's see if you can get onto the radar. Uh, You know, last week, Anthony Richardson 
grabbed my attention when he played Utah really, really well. Can Hendon Hooker do the same thing at Tennessee this week against Pittsburgh? We'll find out. I'm very curious. Uh, Game number five. This is a massive game. I cannot wait for this. This might be the the number one most anticipated game for me uh, this weekend. Number 20 ranked Kentucky on the road at number 12 Florida. It's a massive game for both teams. And what's really exciting to me, it's a fun quarterback matchup where you've got Will Levis for Kentucky, Anthony Richardson as the quarterback for Florida. Both of them can run and throw, make a lot of plays. They're very dynamic. Both quarterbacks have NFL potential. And it's going to be fun to compare them head-to-head on back-to-back drives going from Will Levis to Anthony Richardson. That's just good football. That's fun to watch. Um, And I'm really curious. Anthony Richardson is pretty exciting to me. Dude, he's an incredibly dynamic athlete, can run at a high level, has got a strong arm. He's starting to look safeties off and manipulate defenses with his eyes. It's really cool to see. I'm really interested. Can... Anthony Richardson outshine Will Levis, who's a more established quarterback and a star quarterback in college football. Can Anthony Richardson once again steal the spotlight for the second game in a row? I'd love to see that. Either way, great matchup, two fun quarterbacks to watch, and every offensive series is going to be interesting and competitive and compelling in this football game. Game number six, you've got number 10 ranked USC at Stanford. USC, if they are who I think they are, USC should dominate this football game. You know, it's the first Pac-12 game of the year for USC. I think it's a good game to kind of get the measuring stick out and figure out how good really is USC. Because if they are a team that is as good, I believe they could run the table. I think they're a team that is probably, well, clearly they're the only hope left for the Pac-12 to make it into the college football playoff. And I don't think that's... Super crazy. You got to beat Utah. You got to beat Notre Dame. You got to beat UCLA. But the rest of the schedule for USC is a cakewalk. This game should be a cakewalk. And I want to see USC dominate Stanford on Saturday. If they do, that would help confirm that they are the team I believe they are, which is a dominating force that should make the Pac 12 look like just a really easy time. And I don't want to. I'm worried there about making a analogy that's like inappropriate. So I'm like, I'm trying to what, make them look like a something really simple you can cakewalk through, like slicing butter or something. I don't know. Um, <laughs> good morning, clunky analogies. Game number seven, Hawaii at number four, Michigan. Last week, Cade McNamara started at quarterback for Michigan. Uh, this week, it's going to be J.J. McCarthy starting for Michigan. J.J. McCarthy is a much more talented quarterback at Michigan. He's a good athlete. He can run. He can throw. He can extend plays. I That's who I want to watch play quarterback at Michigan. I am rooting for him, J.J. McCarthy, to win the starting job. He's a much more exciting quarterback to watch, and I'm hoping he'll be the quarterback for Michigan when I watch them play more important games later this fall. I love Hawaii. I'll be watching this game, but I'm, I'm watching for J.J. McCarthy, a quarterback who... Um, I, I want to see dominate and win the starting job there because that's who I want to watch. When I watch them play Ohio State later this year, when I watch them play in big games, I want to be watching J.J. McCarthy, not Cade McNamara handing off the ball and throwing bad bad throws for like four quarters. Um, now, game number eight, the number eight game to pay attention to, um, 
Eastern Washington at Oregon is a game I'm I'm personally really interested in. My buddy Gunnar Talkington is the starting quarterback at Eastern Washington. They list him on the roster at five foot ten. Guys, he he's five foot ten on a good day. I, I've met the guy. I've been around him a lot. Uh, unless he's grown since I I last saw him. I don't, I'm not going to say anymore. I'm not trying to roast the guy. Um, I, I, the reason I bring that up is because it's an incredible story. Gunnar Talkington chased his dreams. He walked on to Eastern Washington in 2017. He was their scout team quarterback. He was running the scout team. He was a backup, not even on scholarship, as a walk-on. Five years later in 2022, as a redshirt senior, Gunnar Talkington is the starting quarterback at Eastern Washington, a place where you've had a lot of legendary quarterbacks play. Bo Levi Mitchell, Vernon Adams. It goes on and on and on. There's so many good quarterbacks over the years that have played at Eastern Washington. And um, it's been quite a journey from him for him to go from a walk-on to QB1. Uh, you know, plus, again, he's a short guy. Like, he's overcome so many obstacles in his career. He's got a great arm. He's fun to watch. He can run around and extend plays. I have no idea what to expect between Eastern and Oregon. I'd love to see my friend do well. I, I really don't know. Uh, but I'm watching to see Gunnar Talkington play against Oregon. Oh, yeah, by the way, <laughs> Bo Nix is also playing. Another exciting, this time a much taller, more physically gifted quarterback. That's that's the wrong way to put that. But physically imposing quarterback is maybe the right word. Bo Nix. Uh, and I, I, I want to watch a quarterback duel between Bo Nix and Gunnar Talkington. Why not? That sounds really fun. It should be, should be an interesting game if you like watching quarterback play. Um, so... My little, like, under-the-radar game that maybe you should pay attention to is Eastern Washington at Oregon. And remember, that quarterback at Eastern walked on and in five years earned his way to becoming their starting quarterback. That's such a cool story to me. And uh, that kind of stuff fires me up and makes me really, really excited. Okay. um, I want to talk about NFL Week 1 because, you know, Buffalo just beat L.A. on Thursday Night Football. But there are 15 games left this weekend. I want to go through each game and predict a winner. And I'll keep track as the year goes on. There are three categories. you got a win, you got a loss, and you've got wimp. Uh, I consider a game a win if I got a prediction right. I consider a loss if I get a prediction wrong. And uh, wimp is if I wimp out and won't commit to picking a winner for a game in the predictions part of the show... That will be a one where I wimped out on. We won't count it. We'll, we'll at the end of the year go win, loss, wimp. How many did I wimp out on? How many did I get right? How many did I get wrong? I think it's a fun thing to keep track of as the year goes on. Now, game number one, the New Orleans Saints against the Atlanta Falcons. I believe New Orleans is going to win this game. The Saints are a better football team. They've got three stud receivers, Chris Olave, Michael Thomas, Jarvis Landry, a good defense, a good running game, a good offensive line, Alvin Kamara at running back. Now, a fun storyline here is that it's the 2015 number one overall pick, Jameis Winston, against the number two overall pick from that same year, Marcus Mariota. Both of them are on what I would call their final opportunity as a starting quarterback in the NFL, playing for different teams than the ones that drafted them. Um, And I'm rooting for both of them to do well, but I believe that New Orleans uh, will win this game on Sunday. 49ers Bears. The 49ers will win. This is a game with two young second-year quarterbacks, Justin Fields and Trey Lance. Trey Lance hasn't played as much and has more to prove, I think, than Justin Fields. 
Uh, but the 49ers are a much better team all around. Even if Trey Lance doesn't have a great game, I think that with more offensive weapons and, frankly, I, I really worry that the 49ers' defensive line is going to annihilate Justin Fields. He's going to be running around for his life with a bad offensive line against a, you know, the weakness of the Chicago Bears might be their offensive line. And maybe the biggest strength of the 49ers is their defensive line. It's a terrible mismatch. Uh, So I have the 49ers winning this game, but I'm genuinely excited to watch Trey Lance in his first ever start. Uh, At least, how do I put this? It's not his first ever start, but it's his first start in the era of him being the franchise quarterback, or so we're sold to believe in San Francisco. He's got a lot to prove. Can he live up to the hype? And, uh, you know, if things go bad for Trey Lance, how quickly will it be before people start calling for Jimmy Garoppolo to get on the field and play? Hopefully that doesn't happen at all in this game, and I think it's actually kind of an easy win for the 49ers. Steelers at Bengals. Cincinnati's going to win this game. Uh, Cincinnati's a better team with more weapons. Also, no offense, but Mitchell Trubisky or Joe Burrow, right? (laughs) I think Joe Burrow's going to win this game. I've got Cincinnati beating Pittsburgh week one. Eagles at Lions. Fun game. Interesting matchup. Uh, Good storylines here. But I believe Philly wins this game. They've got more firepower. A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith. Uh, both the offensive and defensive line in Philly are really, really good. Uh, Detroit's going to compete really hard. I think you got two quarterbacks who are trying to prove themselves, Jalen Hurts and Jared Goff, and I'm rooting for both of them. But I believe Philly wins this game against Detroit week one. Patriots at Dolphins. I've got Miami winning this game, actually. Uh, Bill Belichick likes to take away your favorite thing on offense. When he's playing against you, his defense says, we're going to find what you like best about your offense, and take it away. And, okay, I want to see Bill Belichick try and stop Tyreek Hill. Now, maybe that's not their game plan. Maybe they're going to try to stop the running game. I don't know that that's that hard anyway against Miami. Um, so, if they try to stop Tyreek Hill, A, I'm not really sure you can, and B, even if you do stop Tyreek Hill or double-team him or something, just creating better matchups and better opportunities for their other receiver, Jalen Waddle, who you have to worry about. So, I personally haven't thought of the game plan yet that is going to stop Miami, actually. And so my opinion is if Miami executes at a high level, they're terrifying and really scary to play. The only people that can stop Miami are themselves with poor execution. However, I have no doubt that Bill Belichick has some kind of interesting plan on defense to slow down Miami. I'm excited to see what that is. I don't have enough vision to know what that could be. Uh, So I've got Miami winning this football game, uh, but I'm really, really excited to see what happens between Miami and New England. How about the Ravens at the Jets? I've got the Jets winning this football game. The Ravens' former quarterback, Joe Flacco, is starting for New York, and the Jets also have some legit talent on their football team. I think the Jets are a much better team than they were in recent years, but I believe Joe Flacco is going to play well and the Jets are going to win. And Joe Flacco is going to show, hey, remember when you replaced me with Lamar Jackson? I didn't forget that. I've had a weird career ever since then, but I can still play football at a high level. And I don't, I haven't forgotten that time that I won you a Super Bowl and then you very quickly afterward got rid of me and replaced me with Lamar Jackson. Um, I think the emotional 
baggage that comes along with this game is going to help the Jets win. Uh, I have the Jets beating the Ravens week one. Jaguars at Commanders. This is what I talked about. I'm wimping out. I'm not picking a winner here. I don't. I have no idea what's going to happen. Uh, no idea who's going to win. You've got two quarterbacks trying to prove themselves uh, and trying to show that they're franchise quarterbacks. Carson Wentz is on a new team. Uh, Trevor Lawrence is in the second year with Jacksonville, but he had a bad year last year, 12 touchdowns, 17 interceptions. By the way, Carson's playing against his former head coach, Doug Peterson. It's really interesting. These two teams have changed a lot since last year. Uh, they've got a better receiving core in Washington. They've got a new quarterback in Washington. Um, I, I'm really not sure what to expect week one from the Jaguars and Commanders. But I'm frank, <laughs> the Commanders didn't even have a team name last year. So, like, I, it's a totally different football team, in my opinion. I, don't, I have no idea what to expect. Um, we're going to learn a lot about these two teams in this game. I'm watching it for sure. I can't wait to see what happens. And uh, again, it's two quarterbacks, Carson Wentz and Trevor Lawrence, trying to both show the world that they are franchise quarterbacks worth investing in. Uh, and I'm excited to see what happens. How about Browns at Panthers? I've got the Carolina Panthers winning this football game. It's the Baker Mayfield revenge game. Baker's playing his former team after they replaced him with Deshaun Watson. On paper... Cleveland's a better football team. I actually would think that they've got more weapons and a better defensive line. And Jacoby Brissett's not bad. We'll see. I, I'm not opposed to the thought that Jacoby Brissett might be really good and the Browns win this football game. But to me, the emotion for Baker is going to override things. And I believe the Carolina Panthers are going to win this football game at home against Cleveland. Colts uh, at Houston. Indy's going to win this game. Uh, the Colts have a much better football team than Houston. Houston is rebuilding, in my opinion. They've got really big concerns on defense. They've got really only one receiving weapon, uh, Brandon Cooks. It's also game number one for Matt Ryan. He's going to come out pumped to show what he can do. I'm excited to watch him. I've got the Colts winning over Houston this weekend, uh, but I'm excited to watch Davis Mills. And I've got nothing bad to say about Houston. It's just that I, I think the Colts are a much better football team. Uh, Giants at Tennessee. I've got the Titans winning this football game. Tennessee was a playoff team last year. They're they're in a much better position as a franchise than the Giants. The Giants are far from a playoff team. They're, I think, the worst team in their division. Uh, it's also what's really interesting about this game to me. Once again, I believe Tennessee is going to win this football game. But it's game number one for Daniel Jones. Here's what that means. I'm giving Daniel Jones six games with Brian Dable as his head coach running that offense before I cast judgment. Six games in, after the Ravens game, week six, I'm going to go, how is it gone? Yes, no, maybe, and maybe means no. How good is Daniel Jones? We're going to see how he does this game against Tennessee. I'm really curious. Um, I'm very skeptical about Daniel Jones. And uh, I think the Giants start 0-1. Packers at Vikings. I've got Green Bay winning. Uh, shocker. Minnesota has a new coach. Green Bay has Aaron Rodgers. And uh, the question is, is Kirk Cousins going to be different this year? I guess we'll see. This is their year. It's set up for them to win, but I've got the Packers winning this game and uh, Kirk Cousins being um, you know, productive but not good enough to win the game. <laughs> Casey at Arizona. I believe Kansas City wins this football game. And look, I think both teams are good. They're both probably playoff teams. There's a lot of talent on both sides of the field. 
To me, this game comes down to Patrick Mahomes. I think he's better. I think he makes plays in the fourth quarter that put Kansas City on top. Uh, but remember, this year was all about Kyler Murray trying to show that he's worth uh, the massive $230 million contract he got. Kyler winning would be a big deal. It would be a big statement. And I think the task for Kyler Murray this fall is to show the world that he's formidable, that he's a, a player you should be afraid of your team playing against. And if he wants to start changing the narrative about him, that he's not just some whiny, overpaid quarterback, he's got to win a game like this. I don't think he will. I believe Kansas City wins his football game. But I'm really excited. I think it's going to be a great matchup and good quarterback play and a fun time. But I've got KC beating Arizona on Sunday. Raiders at Chargers. I'm picking LA to win. I had to pick somebody. Uh, I think it's going to be a fun game. The reason why I'm picking LA is because the Raiders have a new head coach. I think it's going to be close and fun, but LA is slightly better. They've got an established system. They've got an established head coach. Um, there's no first game learning you got to do with um, LA. So I, I think LA wins, but I think it's going to be close and fun. And it's the first of our many, many great AFC West divisional games this year in the NFL. How about Tampa at Dallas? I'm picking Tampa to beat Dallas. I worry about Tom Brady's offensive line. Uh, but you could say the same thing about Dallas. I think both teams have a good imposing defensive line with some question marks on the offensive line. Which quarterback, Tom Brady or Dak Prescott, can handle the weaknesses on the offensive line better? I'm not really sure. Tampa, to me, has more playmakers. They're a better football team. I believe Tampa's defense is really going to make the difference in this football game. So I've got Tampa beating Dallas, but... It's going to be fun. It's Sunday Night Football. It's going to be interesting. A lot of eyeballs are going to be on this game, and I'm excited to watch it. Monday Night Football, the final game of the weekend. Broncos at Seahawks. I've got Denver winning by a mile. They're not in the Mile High City. They're in Seattle, but they're going to win by a mile. Uh, Russell Wilson is playing against his former team. That's awesome. Can't wait for that. He's going to remind the world how good he is. I... I for some reason, he's underappreciated. Like People don't realize how truly incredible Russell Wilson is and in a new offense with a new team and a fresh start uh that I, I think it's going to be a prime opportunity against kind of a bad team by the way Seattle to show what he can do Seattle didn't support him well enough in my opinion one interesting wrinkle in this game is that it's going to be loud as all get out they're in Seattle they're on the road Seattle is notoriously loud in their stadium but um and Russ has never had to play in that environment on the road. He's always had the advantage of playing at home in that environment. So that'll be a fun, interesting thought here. Uh, but I've got Denver winning by a lot over Seattle. And another prediction I'll make is that I think Geno Smith, the Seahawks quarterback, is going to be totally underwhelming. And you're going to be like, oh, man, we're really going to have to have 17 games of watching Seattle just flounder and be completely boring and generic at quarterback all year long. And it's going to be kind of a wasted year for Seattle. So again, my week one predictions, I've got New Orleans beating Atlanta. I've got the 49ers beating Chicago. I've got the Bengals beating Pittsburgh. Philly beating Detroit. Miami beating New England. The Jets and Joe Flacco beating Baltimore. I'm wimping out on the Jaguars commanders. I have no idea who's going to win that football game. Carolina's going to beat Cleveland. The Colts uh, over Houston. Tennessee will beat the Giants. The Green Bay Packers, things are not going to change. The Packers are still going to dominate and beat the Vikings. I've got Kansas City beating Arizona. 
LA, the Chargers will beat the Raiders. Tampa will beat Dallas. And Denver will beat Seattle. Those are my picks. They're locked in. We will check back next week to see how I did. Now, uh, there are 10 games and really 10 storylines I find super interesting during NFL Week 1. Number one is this. Tua's first game in a new offense with Miami. You know, he's got Tyreek Hill. He's got Jalen Waddell. Mike McDaniel is coaching. It's time to see it. If Tua's any good, we're going to find out this year. And there are certainly no excuses for Tua now. They've got a good system around him. They've got good players around him. And this week in week one, you got a great matchup. The Patriots at Miami. What in the world is the Patriots' plan on defense to slow down Tua, Miami, Tyreek Hill, and Jalen Waddell? I cannot wait to see what happens. And uh, I think Tua's first game in this new offense is incredibly you know, compelling and really, really interesting. Number two, Joe Flacco against his old team. The Ravens replaced Joe Flacco with Lamar Jackson, and you can't really blame him. He became the NFL MVP. He's their franchise quarterback. He's awesome. But this is Joe Flacco's opportunity at last to get revenge. Uh, the Jets actually have a decent team with some good talent around him. I'm really, really rooting for Joe Flacco here. I want to see him prove to the world that you know, he's not just a guy who had a couple of good years. Say, I want to see Joe Flacco play well and surprise people. I think Joe Flacco is also going to have better receivers in this game than Lamar Jackson. They've got some, I guess, I think they actually have decent talent in New York with the Jets and uh, should be fun and interesting. Joe Flacco against the Ravens, that gets me to watch television. I can't wait to see that. Jaguars at Washington. That's game number three. Carson Wentz is on a new team trying to prove he's their franchise quarterback. Jaguars quarterback Trevor Lawrence is also trying to prove himself. This game just feels like a weird experiment between Washington and Jacksonville. They've got, we're just going to, these are two teams I know nothing about really. Like I, I'm, that's how I mean that. I mean, I don't know what to expect from them. I know who is on their team. I know that they've got Jahan Dotson and Terry McLaurin in Washington. They've got Carson Wentz. I know who is there. I'm not sure how they're going to work together yet. I can't wait to see a Doug Peterson-led Jaguars team with Trevor Lawrence at quarterback. I can't wait to see it. I don't know what to expect, but again, it's like a weird science experiment, and we're just going to go out on the field and see what happens, and I cannot wait to see what happens between the Jaguars and Washington. Storyline number four, Baker Mayfield's revenge game. This offseason, Cleveland dumped Baker Mayfield and replaced him with Deshaun Watson uh, I will not editorialize that, but if I were Baker, I would feel really pissed that, especially this guy, this is a guy you're replacing with. Have you read anything about him? Oh my goodness. They traded Baker to Carolina. By the way, Baker was hurt last year. He, The last time they ever won a playoff game was with Baker playing for them. They didn't do much for years before Baker. Uh, I, I would feel, I, I would imagine Baker is pissed and ready to show the world what he can do, especially he wants to prove Cleveland wrong. That's kind of the fun thing about this is, was the problem Baker? Was the problem Cleveland? Time will tell. And this is a great way to show it right here by beating the Browns. Um, Baker's healthy. And I think Baker's got an opportunity here to show Cleveland what they're missing. Maybe he plays bad, but either way, it's interesting. Does Baker play bad? The least compelling storyline here is if Baker just kind of plays averagely and is okay. Because Baker being okay would justify the Cleveland Browns getting rid of him for Deshaun Watson. The only way Baker can make Cleveland look silly is if he just goes out and absolutely balls out 
has an outstanding game and makes them look bad. And you bet your bippy, that is what I am rooting for. I want to see Cleveland go down ugly and get dominated by Baker Mayfield. That sounds chaotic and fun, and I'm all here for it. Number five, how will Daniel Jones look in his first game with Brian Dable's offense? Giants at Titans, uh, I, I don't, I'm just really excited to evaluate Daniel Jones because Brian Dable helped develop Josh Allen into arguably the best quarterback in the NFL now. The question is, can Brian Dable save Daniel Jones? I don't think so. I'm going to give him six games and evaluate as we go. By game number six, I'll have an answer for you, yes or no. Um, but this is game number one of Daniel Jones and Brian Dable, the experiment. Can it work? Um We'll find out. And by the way, if six games in, it's not clear whether Daniel Jones is going to work or not. To me, that's going to be a no. I don't have any more patience. It's yes or no, and maybe means no. I'm just not hanging around. So we'll see. Daniel Jones, pressure's on, in my opinion. He's got to play really well the first six games of the year. uh, And I'm really excited to evaluate Daniel Jones this weekend against Tennessee. Number six, is Kirk Cousins going to be different this year? you got Dalvin Cook at running back, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, a brand-new offense, an awesome new head coach, offensive weapons that I'm impressed by. Packers at Vikings. It's a huge game for Minnesota. You're playing your division rival, the Packers, who have dominated your division four years, three years in a row. You get to play them at home at Minnesota. Green Bay, by the way, has no receivers. Green Bay is going to be better at the end of the year than they are right now because they've got young receivers. They're still figuring out stuff and they're gelling and trying to get it all to work. Okay, Minnesota, prove it. Is it going to be different this year? If it is, you got to win here, in my opinion. I put up or shut up. I love that we get it right out of the way. Is Minnesota going to be different this year? Yes or no? If they lose this game, it's probably no. You, you got to win this game. I'm so excited. I, I think there's a chance Kirk Cousins is incredible and wins. There's also an opportunity and a chance here that he throws for like 500 yards and throws a pick six at the end of the game and loses to Green Bay still. So I have no idea what's going to happen. Uh, and I want I want to see Kirk Cousins show me that things are different this year. I just don't know that he will. Number seven, Kyler Murray needs to become formidable. Kyler Murray signed a massive contract. You're getting... You know, $230 million. That's kind of, man, a lot of pressure comes along with that. And a lot of expectations come along with that. You need to win games like this. Hosting Kansas City week one. Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, it's a big game. At minimum, Kyler Murray has to have a great game. Uh, And I I think this is a opportunity to start. If you're going to be paid that much money, you're going to get paid $230 million. And you're known as the guy who kind of complained and got that contract. You you complained and whined, and then they paid you. I think about the Cowboys quarterback, Dak Prescott. He is massively overpaid for the level of achievement and talent he brings to Dallas. I I just don't – I think he's paid more than he's worth. The way that Kyler Murray can avoid that criticism is if he becomes a top-five quarterback this year in the NFL. If he shows the world, hey – You don't want to play me. He's a bad man. Kyler Murray is going to make your team look silly. He's going to embarrass your defense, and you don't want your team to play Kyler Murray. That's the narrative he has to change people to believing after this year. And it all starts here. How does Kyler Murray do in a big situation 
at home against Patrick Mahomes, who plays better in the fourth quarter? That really does matter. When you're paying a guy that much money, he's got to deliver in a big moment. And he didn't in the playoffs last year. And then he complained about a contract. They still paid him anyway. I don't think he's earned it yet. Can Kyler Murray justify that massive contract? The journey to do that starts this weekend. Number eight, Raiders at Chargers. It's our first ever, uh, at least in this new AFC West with Russell Wilson and Derek Carr and Justin Herbert and Patrick Mahomes. It's incredible. This is our first AFC West matchup of the year. The Raiders got a new coach. They also got Devontae Adams. LA got Khalil Mack. It's a huge game. It's a fun matchup. I really have no idea what to expect. I I guess I technically predicted LA to win this game, but I I don't know, man. It's going to be fun. It's going to be interesting. And uh, what I really want from Derek Carr this year is to show the world he's better than people believe he is. And uh, you beat the Chargers on the road. That'd be a big victory. And I think that would be really, really a cool way to start the year for the Raiders. Number nine, Tampa at Dallas. Sunday night football, Tom Brady, the Dallas Cowboys. There's going to be a lot of eyes on this game. It's going to be a big deal. Um, so I think that's that's a storyline to follow in of itself. It's Tom Brady against Dallas. Anytime you've got those two big brands playing each other, you got to talk about it on the show. So I'm excited. I'm really interested. And uh, I, I think Tampa wins this game. But I think they win because of their defense, not so much because of Tom Brady. Number 10, Monday night football, Denver at Seattle. Russell Wilson against his old team, Seattle. I want to see Russ win by 50 points. Seattle did not support Russell Wilson very well, in my opinion. Geno Smith, I'm predicting now, the Seahawks quarterback is going to be boring to watch. Um, I think it's going to be very depressing for Seahawks fans. They're going to go, oh my God, we've got 17 games of watching this, don't we? Like, this is going to be really, really brutal. And so I'm really excited. Uh, And I think what's most important to me in this game is Russ is going to remind everyone just how good he is. Do not forget, Russell Wilson's a future Hall of Fame quarterback. I think somehow people have forgotten that about him. they like, oh, he was bad in Seattle. No, he had no support in Seattle. It was really frustrating. He had a bad offensive line for like years and years. I'm excited to watch Russ in Denver with a new coach, a new system. I think more control over the team. He's got more power. He's listened to more in Denver. Uh, and uh, man, I want to see Russell Wilson absolutely annihilate his old team on the road, in their old stadium, at Seattle. Fake, the NFL, they really just gave us so many gifts this week with week one. Just Baker Mayfield against Cleveland. Oh my gosh. Carson Wentz against his former head coach, Doug Peterson. Denver at Seattle. Game after game after game. Patrick Mahomes against his former college head coach, Cliff Kingsbury at Arizona. So many great games week one. I cannot wait. Um... And, and please feel free to let me know. What are you most excited to see during NFL Week 1? Because I shared you the 10 things I'm really excited to see, but uh, I'd love to hear what you guys think as well. Guys, my name is Zach Schaumler. Thank you so very much for tuning in. I love you. I appreciate you. I'm going to sign off now. Hope you have a great day. And uh, bam, we are done.